the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. This is week seven in our series entitled Friends with the World, Enemies of God. This series draws on a verse from the book of James, chapter four, verse four, which says, therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. In part one, we talked to Pastor Jeff Neal about our relationships with God and the way that relationship affects our choices. In part two, we talked to Pastor Eric Huffman of the Story Church about the crisis in masculinity and the world's attack on men at a time when we need faithful combat leaders on the spiritual battlefield. In part three, we talked with Tom Kilgannon, president of the Freedom Alliance, about the freedom we have as Christian Americans to make choices. In part four, we leveraged Christie's transformational coaching expertise to learn how people actually make choices. And in part five, we asked Pastor Jeff Neal why young people are leaving the church and what we can learn from their choices. And finally, last week, we spoke with David Savage and Pastor Aaron Thomas of Salt and Pepper Conversations, a radio show here on KKHT airing every Sunday at 3 p.m., about the importance of beginning every conversation, especially and including the difficult ones, with Scripture. We want to be able to guide our thinking and our behavior toward God, and Scripture is the path that leads us there. And these shows are available by podcast on kkht.com or at courageouschristianity.today. And today... Christy and I are going to talk about what we have learned from these shows as we wrap up this series. And whenever we speak, we're always thinking about the one central message that we're striving to convey. And today, I hope that our discussion will make clear the black and white, inescapable truth that every choice moves us toward God or the world. 
And before I begin, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Christy, it's been a great uh, (laughs) couple weeks. It has. And we've had some wonderful guests. And I've learned a lot. And I'm wondering what resonates the most with you through the series. Um, well, what I did was I looked back at the series, uh, and as I typically do, kind of drew a little map and I, I wrote kind of the flow of the words of, um, God, we spoke about men, we spoke to men, um, about men being under fire, choice, clarity, youth, and then the word. And I just thought it was interesting that, you know, we started with God and we ended with the word and if we're going to um, be friends with God, which I'm still playing with that whole little equation, again, a little mind map, then the word is where we start with and then that helps shape our, our choices and beyond. So that's kind of the uh, overarching. Yeah, I think if I had to um, pick a place... Uh, in the first episode, we talked about our relationship with God, the way we view God. And I've said many times that the relationship we have with our earthly father often affects the relationship we have with God. But more than that, there is religion. And I think sometimes there's even bitterness uh, about things that we uh, are hurt by or don't understand And these things shape our relationship with God. For example, my father uh, was always upset about the Holocaust. And I think that really affected his relationship with God. And I had a wonderful father, and I just uh, see God as a loving father. And... I think a lot of the hardships that we have, he does allow to happen, but he does so for reasons of refinement and shaping and chastising and growing us to maturity. And um, I think sometimes people have bitterness. Yeah, you know, it's interesting on the way in, I was listening to a show and uh, this particular show, people can text into the, the personalities and... Um, it was really hard to hear this person said, you know, I, I, I get a glimpse of hope when I listen to your show. But other than that, I was basically told God was this uh, forgiving father, but life didn't show up that way. And it was it was a bit hard right. to hear. And, and he spoke specifically to his mother and father. They said one thing, but it, they did another was my takeaway. And so, I, you know, where I would, you know, if I put myself in someone's shoes and I'd didn't have the perfect upbringing. My parents did the best they could is 
going back to that word is diving in to that word and we see we see it in black and white that in god scripture. in the scripture that god loves us more than we can ever imagine if we if we would only give it a chance if we would only read the word right uh, i look at it very simply and actually uh, i thought about this the other day when i was flying uh, staring out the window as i do i thought Jesus loves me, this I know, because the Bible tells me so. And it breaks down so simply for me in that way. And I've seen a lot of stuff. And um, I just feel that we're loved. There's so much need around us. There's so much opportunity for us. And God wants to guide us in that opportunity. And guiding us in that opportunity, the same for Marines, it takes a lot of preparation. And boot camp is hard, officer candidate school is hard, training is hard. But if you love uh, your Marines and if you love people, you'll train them right. And we are being trained for a battlefield, and we live on a battlefield. And so it's hard. And I just believe that if we bring ourselves to the notion that we have been tolerated for thousands of years, man, on this planet, Mm. in all of our buffoonery, we must be loved. (laughs) And the rest of it is about our heart's response to that love. Well, I can't help but go here uh, because I am a a coach and I speak about it. But even in just making the choice, so if somebody's out there and listening and wondering right now, does God love me? Why not just make the choice to believe that? We don't have to make it too difficult and pick up that Bible and look at it right here and right now and read the words and choose. Because after a while, when you begin to choose, you take those actions on a daily basis to choose and you read the word. If you were just to commit 15 minutes a day reading the Bible, it actually, the neural pathways in your brain change and you will believe it. (laughs) And it informs the choices that you're expected to make. Um, Philippians chapter 3, verses 18 through 20. Uh, They're very descriptive to me. And uh, talking about reading the scripture, uh, they say this, for I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And uh, it's such a big deal because we're loved by God. Our lives are about our response to that love. I'm not going to take somebody else's word for it. I want to dig into it for myself. So in part two, we discussed that men are under attack because men are supposed to be combat leaders on the spiritual battlefield and leading families and leading the community. And scripture says that it affirms that. And uh, that's obviously the devil's, uh, the scene of his primary attack is on family and the roles of men and women. And we see it. And uh, makes me think, great message this past weekend uh, at the Light Community Fellowship in Willis, Texas. Pastor Ron Bates uh, finished up a two-part series on listening to God. And there was so much in both messages, but if you're interested in that, it's at the Light 
cf.org. And I bring it up because it speaks more to us listening to God the Father, the loving Father, and that listening having an effect on the way we live our lives. And it's so important because you're going to be accountable. I loved that it was entitled Listen Up. And and you can yeah. hear that play on the words in several ways, but it's really, it's actually pinged my mind a couple times this week. Am even seeing myself listen up, listening up to right. God, not just listening up with my ears, but listening upwards. Yeah, if a person who is lost offered you directions, would you take them? Yeah. And if you're not listening up, it means you're listening down. You're listening to the news. You're listening to the... Even you're listening to people's views about God rather than your own views in the most important relationship of your life. Uh, that was very important. And that brought us to part three with Tom Kilgannon, who had such an optimistic and beautiful perspective, having seen all that he's seen. He just speaks so much about the good that's all around us it's and the good positive. that we can do. And as we focus on the world, it's very easy to get down. But then you think about uh, the sacrifices that have been made for these choices which we are afforded. And that uh, puts foremost in our mind the importance of what we do with those choices and the good that we can do. And Christy and I have been talking recently about the idea that if you had 30 days to live, how differently would you live your life? And we're going to talk about all of that in the second segment as we talk about the series finale of Friends with the World, Enemies of God. Stay with us. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Stratton. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of the show in our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. And we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission in this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281 281- Eight zero zero four nine four zero, and for a donation of twenty five dollars or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, "Right Makes Might: Forty Days to Courageous Christianity." You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to become more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit for you, you can also donate by going to courageouschristianity.today. today. So, text to donate to two eight one eight hundred forty nine forty, or go to courageouschristianity.today. today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. What a friend we have in Jesus. Friends, you're with Courageous Christianity. I'm Richard Mendelow, Christy Stratton, my uh, wonderfully loyal, hardworking, um, tremendous, fantastic, uh, a lot of other great words. She's my wingman, and I'm a pilot in the Marine Corps, and uh, you always have to have a wingman if you're going to go anywhere and do anything. And Christy's my wingman, and we're talking about friends with the world, enemies of God. And uh, we were talking about part three with Tom Kilgannon, and I brought up this vision I had of a play, and uh, nobody was really listening to me, and they didn't really get it. Oh, I, I don't, don't think, think so. 
And um, <laughs> let me tell you, just in case you get it better than Christy did. Uh, <laughs> Wait a second. What's happening here? Okay. So we're sitting in the audience in this dark theater and we're watching this play. And the actors are putting on sad faces and happy faces, and they've got this dialogue. And there's all these sets that are temporary that get taken down and put back up. And it leads us to these conclusions and to this perspective. And we're supposed to see what the producer of this play wants us to see. And I said in part three, rather than the producer of the play, if you really want to know what the play is about, read the the script, the the book on which the play is based. Talk to the author of the play. And if you're following, the play is the world. It's the performance that's put on by the devil. Having taken the script, the Bible, uh, written by the author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ, and it's been perverted and it's been twisted And so now these temporary sets are taken up and put down, and those are our lives, and we are told what to think and told what to say, and the truth is obscured, and there's curtains that are pulled in the way. But what's really going on is not what we see on the stage in this play. The truth, and sometimes the difficult-to-understand truth, is what's really going on is behind the very back curtain. And that's where the author is. And that's where the producer is. And so um, sometimes when you say the world, what's going on in the world, friends with the world, it, it can be confusing to some. What do you really mean? Well, the world is this play. And uh, CNN tells you what to think. The media tells you what to think. Celebrities tell you what to think. There's all this stuff as part of this play. But the reality And the hard-to-accept reality is the unseen is real. The spirit, the the faith, the belief in God, the story we're told in the Bible, that's what's real. What we see taking place in front of us, that's just uh, an act. Uh, You comfortable with that? Does that make more sense? Well, I'm I'm very comfortable with that, but I'm not comfortable with the fact that... uh, I, you said I wasn't listening <laughs> to the play thing because okay, well, let's not argue as, on as I took, a, I, hey, we're honest, right? Honest conversation. As I took notes over the whole series, and you can't see them right now because you guys are listening, but Richard's looking at this, and I have it boxed in the middle of the page, and it says play analogy equals word, or world, world rather, play analogy equals world. And uh, I thought... It was an interesting way to look at it because if we're going back to friend plus world equals enemy of God, I like to make equations, um, we want to rework that and it's friend plus God equals an enemy of the world. And I, I think we have to be careful with the word enemy, but what we have to realize is that this play that we're in, the world, there's little whispers just like Satan did in Eve's ear with her husband, Adam, standing right next to her, that started way back when, it's still happening. And you may think that watching the media and choosing things of the world doesn't affect you, but those little whispers add up to a big voice. They do add up. They tell us that we're falling short. They tell us that we're not worthy. They tell us that 
uh, we serve a mean God and that uh, we should just give it up now. Um, you know, uh, Abraham Lincoln quote, I've said it before, and it's so important because we, we talk about this world, the play, and enemies of God. Uh, we have to be careful with what we're saying, as Christie implied, because the enemy is also our opportunity. It's like in counterinsurgency, in combat, in Afghanistan or Iraq, for example, you, you're not trying to kill the enemy. You're trying to get the enemy to make a different choice. And when Abraham Lincoln was criticized for not destroying his political enemies, his response was, do I not destroy my enemies when I make them my friends? Mm. And that is so brilliant because what we're trying to do is make choices based on Scripture, not our understanding, which is affected by the play we've been watching, but the scripture that was written by the author who loves us and only has our best interests at heart. And we're trying to make choices based on the actual book, which we can read anytime we want. And those choices will inform our feelings. And those feelings will generate behaviors, which will hopefully cause people to look at us and say, wow, I want what that guy has. Right. And then they ask the question, and then we're able to testify, and then they go from being an enemy of God, making all these worldly choices based on the play, which is all they know, to seeing a glimpse of the Bible in us and making new choices based on what's going on behind the curtain, which is actually reality. Right, and and speaking of what's going on behind the curtain, what I wrote down when you said that earlier was, Believing is seeing, seeing's not believing. And and so when we make that choice to believe the word, when we come to the awareness that the world is shaping our views, then and and and, and I go to this a lot, the fruits of the spirit. If we're looking at our lives from uh and and seeing what's being produced and we're not happy with it, what a lot of us may just sit around and whine and cry and stay stuck in it. Uh, but there is opportunity there. There's always opportunity. And to, I talked about making another choice, right. make another choice. Look at what is your life producing? Well, I don't like this. Let's do, do something, something different. different, right? Right. If you want to uh, do something, if you want to be something different, do something different. And Christy talked about that in part four, as she brought her coaching experience to bear and that coaching experience taught us a lot about uh, the way we see things, the way we believe things, how our brain behaves. And it's all very powerful. Uh, and the thing that comes to me is Romans twelve twenty one, which is the scripture of our ministry, says this. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And to me, that implies defense and offense. And when we bring our entire lives, our spiritual life, our financial life, behavioral, relational, and political into the worship of God and deny those areas to the devil, we fight the truest, most devastating fight as Christian warriors. But to bring it into alignment with God's values, we have to know God's values and that we get from Scripture because we cannot believe the play. We cannot believe what we're sold. Uh, sold. That was a bit of a Freudian slip. 
Right, but it is. You're right. It is, because from the time the devil, this serpent, sold that first lie to Eve. And we consume it. (laughs) And we consume it. So it's by our choices in all of these areas of our secular life, of our everyday life, that we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And if you take that apart, demolish is offense. Demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So it's like this play that's put on on the stage that's trying to keep us in the audience separated from what's going on behind the curtain. But when Jesus gave up his last breath, as we know, the curtain tore from top to bottom. This like five inch thick curtain tore and it allowed us to go past the play the play that was put on by priests and rabbis in the temple, and into the Holy of Holies, the innermost sanctum, into a personal relationship with God because we're sanctified by the blood of Jesus. And we're now clothed in white robes. And it's there that we come uh, again by the atonement of Jesus. And we say, Lord, we're reporting for duty. We, we want to uh, serve you. So the thing that sometimes I think people can make a mistake and they can think that it's all about us, but it's not. It's about the good we can do. And the good that we can do comes from us accepting the truth of God's love and responding to that truth with action and service. And Christy's talked a lot about the think, feel, act cycle, which is... um, That's referencing what I was speaking to earlier when we make that choice to spend, even start with 15 minutes a day in the the word, it, it shapes our minds. Absolutely. So here's a question for you. Spiritual warfare is real. But let me ask you this. If you knew at the beginning of the football season that the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to win the Super Bowl, what team would you want to be on? (laughs) If you knew at the beginning of the baseball season that the Astros were going to win the World Series, what team would you want to be on? And if you had either of those opportunities, would you not do everything that those teams asked of you? Right. In, In war, If you knew in 1939 that the United States would win World War II, would you want to be a Nazi? The Bible tells us who wins the spiritual war in which we are presently engaged as Christians. Revelation chapter 20 verse 10 says, And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. And Romans chapter 16, verse 20 says, The God of peace will soon crush Satan under our feet. So my question is, which team do you want to be on? And I'll leave you with one last thought on spiritual warfare as you choose the team you want to be on. There is a great quote in a book that I'm reading called On Spiritual Combat, and it's by Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman and Adam Davis. And they say, You may not believe in the evil one, but he believes in you. So spiritual warfare is very real. We know which team wins. My question to you is, which team do you want to be on? And how much do you want to be on that team? Are you willing to bring your life in service to that team through the choices that you make each day? Stay with us. We'll be back. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine. And now, our veterans need your help. 
Hi, friends. I'm Christy Stratton, Richard Mendelow's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives in military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, for almost 18 months, Christy Stratton has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of courageous faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings us to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical and behavioral assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You will want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over the last 72 shows on Courageous Christianity, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Counted the streetlights as we headed up to the chapel to pay our last respects. Friends, you're listening to Courageous Christianity with Richard Mandelow, and that's me and my trusty wingman, Christy Stratton, and I are having a conversation as we wrap up the seven-part series on Friends with the World, Enemies of God. And we were just talking about how we make choices and making choices to be on the winning team. And that brings us to part five of this series, where Pastor Jeff Neal helped us look at the question of why are young people leaving the church, and what can we learn from that? And it was our hope with that show, not that we point a finger at young people, but that we point a finger at the importance of the choices we make and the consequences associated with that choice. So we said that uh, teenagers between the ages of 18 and 22 are leaving the church. They are making a choice to leave the church. 70% of them actually said that it wasn't a choice, it just happened. But that's still a choice. And so we then looked at the fact that in that same demographic is the very troubling statistic which says that suicide is the third leading cause of death. And so heartbreaking is the choice to turn away from God and to embrace the world. And then as we're betrayed by the world and we find out what the world is really about, we find out it's no friend to us. 
And so we shouldn't make it a friend either. And you had some thoughts on that uh, and what we could learn from that. Well, what came to me from that show was um, the word understanding. And uh, as I talked about, I drew another diagram. <laughs> and and as we look at youth and the church, I drew an arrow towards the word understanding. And I think oftentimes, maybe when we're in a leadership position, you know, I've never run a church. I'm not a pastor. I don't know. But even just in everyday life, when we um, think we know something, we we act that way, right? And we don't necessarily, we, we take actions based on that knowing. Right. But sometimes we don't understand. We really made our own decision. And so I wonder, um, we spoke to the youth seeing some hypocritical actions, so to speak, with the church. And right. so are we really spending time and understanding the youth's perspective? And when we do that, then we can have that clarity that I always speak about. We can then together help them, help everyone find their purpose, the church, the youth, maybe reduce the suicide rate. The dissonance, we, the friction. Right, and we all raise the bar together. Yeah, we actually finished that show by asking that the youth hold the church accountable. And Pastor Jeff Neal concluded that the answer is not less scripture, it's more scripture. The answer is not the church trying to be friends with the world. The answer is the church stating the plain truth of God. And so as people make decisions based on the play, we were astounded in that show. I remember that 20% of the young people who were leaving the church said that they had an issue with the disconnect between church culture and right. The culture of the world. And uh, my answer to that was very eloquent. I said, duh. <laughs> and the reason is because it's supposed to be different. Right. You can either choose between the play and all the nonsense and all the sets and all of this stuff, the bigger car, the bigger house, the celebrity, the I've got to do this, that, and the next thing. And then when you look at how it actually pans out, how these people aren't happy, how they're extremely troubled, again, are you going to accept directions from someone who's lost? Well, if you're not going by the book using the Bible as your compass and uh, looking to God in all things, then you're going to get lost. And the answer is not less Bible, less book, less compass, less God. It is more. And as the church makes a black and white statement saying, this is the word of God, you do with that what you will, and you'll be accountable to those decisions. But it's nonsensical for the church to try and be friends with the world whether uh, putting on a fake rock concert on Sundays or just watering down the truth of his word, which is in black and white. And then we're trying to make decisions, life and death decisions, based on that confusing, obscured play. You know, what's coming to me right now is youth today, I perceive, they're, they want authenticity, yet the church is coming to them with that big so-called play, the rock concert on Sunday, to bring them in. That's not authentic. No. And that's how we got to the idea of let's have hard conversations. Let's have difficult conversations. And that brought us to a new show on KKHT called Salt and Pepper Conversations with Pastor Aaron Thomas and David Savage. And they use scripture to look at all of these different subjects. So if you want to have a, a look at something that's going on in the world, and the world's opinion is always 180 degrees out from God's opinion. It's not just slightly off. It's completely off. 
and we look at uh, that through scripture. And um, that was a great conversation. It was. And, you know, I think the thing that came, uh, I came away with there is this question, can people see Jesus in the way you live? And we spoke to a, uh, Pastor Aaron uh, Thomas reminded us of a little test that you can give yourself. And in 1 Corinthians 13, 4, if you put your name in uh, that, um, and I've got it here. So for example, Christy is patient. Christy is kind. Christy does not envy. Christy does not boast. Christy is not proud. And then you have to look at it and go, is that true? <laughs> well, let me tell you folks, I, I know Christy pretty well, and that is true. Well, I, you know, well, here, it does not dishonor others. There are times that I may not show up well. And so have I missed that opportunity to say, for example, I get a little frustrated with someone who's rude to me on the phone or in a checkout line. Have I missed the opportunity to shine the light of Jesus Christ? Not self-seeking. I'm a human. There are times my selfishness comes out. I remind myself all the time, but it's not to, to bring you down. It's that reality check. Again, getting clear on who you are and what you want. If your life is not producing the fruits of the spirit, then it's make time to make it different another choice yeah and as we've said several times uh the bible is first a mirror and wrote it down right here bible is first a mirror absolutely love that uh we live in a society that is terrified of being wrong and we create this fragile card house with facebook and twitter and all this other stuff where we present this persona that (laughs) we hope the world will like And then we're afraid of the truth of God because we're afraid that our persona will come tumbling down. Well, newsflash, nobody's perfect, not even Christy. And when we do fall short, we don't have to pretend that we didn't and explain why in this set of circumstances, I'm not really proud, boastful, unkind, impatient. What we do is we say, you're right. That's the rule. I fell short. I'm going to do better tomorrow. Let's get right. And God loves me. And I'm I laughing over here because I'm thinking of a little YouTube video, Bob Newhart. It was from a show, I guess, on the Bob Newhart show or something, or maybe it was Saturday Night Live. And he's acting as a counselor and a person's going in with all these troubles. Like, my life is yeah. this. And he, he just, it, you have to watch it, but it's just, a, just stop it. Stop. Yeah. His response to everything <laughs> is just, just stop, stop it. it. <laughs> so uh, here's, here's what we're saying. If we seek God in every moment of our days, circumstances will force us toward God and into the good that we can do as Christians. And and think about that for a second. If we're always pursuing him and pursuing the right choice, then whatever happens to us, it drives us closer instead of driving us away. So in every situation, if we can detach ourselves from the outcome, the need to be right, the need to preserve this little card house that we've constructed. And if we could invest completely in the process of our faith, then God's will would shape the world and the world would begin to look more like his kingdom. And wouldn't that be an amazing way to live, to just be very easy about it and to say, you know what, I should have let that person in in traffic. Two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah, they cut me off, but I could have done better. Lord, help me to do better. And that would be great because everything would push us closer to God. And I love uh, James chapter four, verse eight says, come near to God and he will come near to you. So we have a choice. Okay. So how am I doing that? I think that's a good question. Uh, What are the things that I think are helping me? 
because as we talk about uh, choices, there are things that we can do that will help us to make the right choices. So in combat, you have security. We have a saying, the road to hell is paved with the bones of people who didn't put out local security. So you've always got to have security, right? You always got to be aware that the enemy can attack you. So security equals time and space. You can have a great space between you and the enemy, or you can uh, create a delay, which will give you more time, and then that time creates space. What I've been doing is I read the Bible. It's critical. It slows me down. It's the first thing I do in the morning. It's my compass, and that helps me to orient myself toward God. The second thing that I'm trying to do is I'm trying to do less. As you heard me talk about on part three, a friend of mine died, and I had never returned his phone call from a few months ago, and I kept saying I would, but I didn't, and he died. And now I don't have that chance. So I'm trying to do less. And if I do less, I can create time and space between me and the enemy, and that gives me room to make the decisions, the choices that will glorify God and help me. And with that time, I'm trying not to rush. And so it was, uh, it's a bizarre thing in this world to say, I'm actually trying to do less. Right. And then the other thing that I'm trying hard to do is to be a good steward of money, because if we're careful with our money, then we have to work less to earn less. And so if I spend $1 less, that's a couple dollars I don't have to earn because I don't have to pay taxes on it. And then I don't have to rush around and try and work. I can be less busy and I can make intentional choices. So Christians live in the world, but we cannot be of the world. We cannot be conformed to the world. And the word of God is our guide. Number two, do less and take more time to do what you do. This will help you to be intentional. Number three, be a good steward of finances because money drives us oftentimes to bad places. And finally, strive to do everything as if unto the Lord. Make everything an act of worship. Give it all to God, not just the singing on Sunday, but all of it. And we're going to talk about that in the final segment. Stay with us. I was dying to be free. And it was there. Friends, it's Richard, the host of Courageous Christianity. In addition to donations, sponsorships also help to keep us on the air and sustain our ongoing efforts. We'd love for you to join us in this mission. If you own a Christian business or an entrepreneur, or it's on your heart to support our efforts, sponsorship opportunities are available. You'll have the chance to have your message heard during each show and much more. If you want to join us in our mission to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield and support us with your sponsorship, contact us at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. Contact us today to apply, as there are some requirements. So give us a call at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. We're grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're talking about our series, Friends with the World, Enemies of God, and we were just talking in the last segment about making choices uh, which we bring to the Lord. And I was saying that tactically there are some things that you can do that will help you in those choices. And we were saying that uh, the way you spend your money can affect your ability to make choices, how busy you are, 
can affect your ability to take time to make intentional choices. We talked about security and combat is the time and space between you and the enemy. All of those things are big. Um, I went to the airport the other day and I decided I was going to leave 45 minutes early. And I wasn't upset about traffic. And I just cruised along and I was pretty peaceful. And a lady at the parking garage yelled at me. And Uh (laughs) uh, I was peaceful about that. And I understood that she was uh, upset and just having a rough day. And it allowed me to bring some love to her. And uh, I think these are big things because it's one thing to say, hey, make different choices. And it's another thing to say, okay, we live in the world. How can we prejudice ourselves toward the right choices, choices for God? And so first and foremost, we got to know what God values and that we find in his word. And then we can live our way, uh, lives in ways that help. Well, I think going back to, again, the Bible is a mirror than a window, and we're always needing to, to look, start with ourselves, change ourselves. We can't expect the world to change. We've got to change within. And I mean, it's futile to expect everyone else or the world to change. And so what I heard when you're talking about making those choices, we're kind of talking another little checking in the mirror type of thing. Another little test, like I was talking about First uh, Corinthians 13, 4, uh, Christy is kind, patient, whatever, right? right? Another test is you can tell what's important to you by looking at your schedule and your bank account. It's really, uh, that's a big mirror. Yeah, it's very <laughs> true. I'm stuck when you said it's futile. Are you meaning like futile or like futile, like nights Okay, now we're Lord's going. We're the, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I think these are very good points. And I think the other thing is we have to make friends with the idea that we're not perfect. And I don't know why people pursue uh, this idea that we're perfect because what I found in my own life, when I make mistakes, it's actually quite cathartic because I have to come face to face with the fact that I'm not perfect. I want very much to please God. So, yes, I make mistakes. Yes, maybe on another day I would have been um, short with the lady at the airport uh, who yelled at me. Well, and you Um, often say this, I just want to be right so much so that I don't mind being told that I'm wrong. And I I think we can make friends with that. Uh, I see a lot of need from uh, a lot of people, this need to be right. And it's kind of weird. I was just talking to my son recently about a Marine Corps expression, which says you're rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. The thing's (laughs) going to sink and you've consumed yourself with the way the deck chairs look. And to me, it's like none of us is perfect. We're all flawed. And here we're trying to preserve uh, this idea that we're right. Well, guess what? Abortion kills millions of babies every year. We're not right. It's the leading cause of death. For, for babies. Uh, teenagers are committing suicide. Here's a news bulletin. It's not right. The society is not right. If we were doing right things, there wouldn't be such hardship and struggle and pain. Yes, life happens, but there would be uh, more connectivity, not less. Less isolation, not more. Uh, We are not doing things right. And to be quite honest, if you're standing on the deck of the Titanic thinking you're doing things right, well, Hmm. that's a little nutty because news bulletin, the ship's sinking. Right. Is that well? We we know that now. They did they know that then when they were rearranging the chairs. But going back to what you spoke to earlier, victory is imminent. I mean, it's it's in the Bible. It's it's going to happen. 
Yeah. We know. We know the story. We Through know the us. rest of the story. Through us. When when right. God's kingdom is brought to this earth by us, by our behavior, because I've talked in the past about one of the things that I think uh, as the church has put on a spectacle on Sunday, it's caused Christians to be spectators. And so now we're sitting back waiting for somebody else to do it. A government's not going to do it. The next guy's not going to do it. You do it right here where you are. Do what you can where you are with what you have. And you're not perfect, but if you bring all of your choices to God as a husband, as a wife, uh, as a parent, as a co-worker, then uh, that's the way we're going to see God's kingdom on earth. And we can see it by looking at others who are doing it, and I'm hinting towards our next series. Yeah, very good. Thank you so much, uh, Christy, always keeping us on track. We're starting an exciting series in August where we're just going to talk to courageous Christians. We're going to have guests on the show who are living courageous Christian lives. And you'll find out that they're in all different corners of the battlefield. Uh, They're doing all kinds of different things. But one, one thing they are doing is bringing their choices their resources, their time, and their money to God. And folks, you're going to love this. The first courageous Christian is Richard. Well, uh, <laughs> and I'm not going to let him speak about himself, but I, it was my idea. I thought we would turn the table, so to speak. And, you know, it's, uh, you're, you're putting your voice out there. You're putting your heart out there. You are speaking for Christ on a weekly basis. Your money behind it, right? Look, hey. Look at what we just talked about. You can tell what's important to you by looking at your bank account and and you're putting um, your resources behind it. You're here every week speaking for Thank God, you. speaking. And, and so, folks, we're going to learn a little bit about how Richard came to Christ. And it's a really interesting story. I think you'll uh, in, enjoy that. And um, and then the next show is Pastor Aaron Thomas is going to be back with us. And I think the listeners will really talk about and he's very vocal Amazing about this story, not, uh, you know, nobody's perfect. And he's very honest about, he didn't have it right for a long time, but man, that, that man has, he just exudes right. the word. So I can't wait to, uh, and we for can that. all do that. And absolutely, we, we can all say we're loved. Jesus loves me. This I know because the Bible tells me so. And in response yeah. to that love, I just want to be my best guy. And so, Each of us has that opportunity one day at a time. It's just one day at a time, and it's not big. You don't have to be the quarterback of the team throwing the touchdown pass. You can just be on the team doing a little good where you are, and that's the beginning of it. And that is the truth, and that brings us to our moment of truth. As you know, in every show we have a moment of truth where we look at Scripture, which informs our discussion. And we do this to remind ourselves that God's word is our first refuge, that it's always relevant, and that it never fails. And our moment of truth today comes from two different places, Psalm 103, uh, verse 19, and then Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. And Psalm 103, verse 19 says, The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. So in the discussion we were having, what's true, the play or what's going on behind the curtain, his kingdom rules over all. And that's why the devil's trying so hard to overthrow him. And Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So what I hope you hear in these two voices is that God is sovereign and unchanging. 
He is in control and unshakable. And because he is immovable, the same yesterday and today and forever, the choices that we make on a daily basis will either move us toward him or away from him. He does not move. And I hope you'll let that sink in for a minute because in every moment of every day, through every circumstance, challenge, and joy, we have the opportunity to move closer to God. The choice is completely and irrevocably ours. And that brings us to our quote of the day. And Christy should take credit (laughs) for this because it's Pastor Rick Warren. And I wasn't so well acquainted with him. I read his Purpose Driven Life maybe 20 years ago. But I don't think I was living for Christ and doing what I should. And I'm rereading it. And I really love uh, what he says here in our quote of the day. He says, you are as close to God as you choose to be. Think about that. And then he goes on to talk about six things that help us to be a friend of God. He says, constant conversation, prayer, talking to God. He says continual meditation, and that's where you reflect all day on something you've read in the Bible, and that's how you make it a part of uh, who you are. And he says if we know how to worry about things, then we know how to meditate, because basically worry is worrying about things that you can't control, and meditation is reflecting on the Bible, and you can do them continuously. And then he mentions being honest with yourself and God. You can't have an intimate relationship with somebody if you're not honest with them. And then he talks about obeying him in faith and love. And uh, he says that valuing what God values is your next step to being a friend of God. And then prioritizing that friendship because if it all comes after the ball game and after the movie and after you've done all these other things, then God comes last and God will not come last. He won't have it that way. So if you want to be his friend, just like any friend, you have to prioritize him. So as we have talked about before, the entire Bible is about war. Choosing God each day does not occur in a vacuum. We live in the world, and every choice we make as Christians is contested by the devil. This contest has many forms. We're attacked as individuals, as husbands and wives, as parents, as professionals, as a community of believers, and as participants in the secular world. In every moment of our days, pursuing God is a choice. I think we've spoken about it in almost every show, now 80 episodes. Our choices matter. Our choices matter. We are the sum of our choices. Do the next right thing. So when we focus on the process of Christianity, emulating Jesus and choosing the things of God, God's will is done in our lives and in the lives of those we touch. And that is courageous Christianity. Friends, thank you for joining Christy and me. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word, at kkht.com or on courageouschristianity.today, where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We are honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and semper fi.